morning. May I welcome each of you this morning to our trustee orientation program. It's our privilege this morning to say to you that your orientation to the specific board, whether it's the executive board or the board of one of our institutions, today will be somewhat academic. You'll also be hearing from some that have served, will be sharing some of their experiences. But your orientation actually will be ongoing for the period of time that you serve on that specific board. And for many of you, that will be at least uh, a period of six years because of the dynamic aspect of our work, it uh, promises never to be static. And uh, you'll find that orientation to be ongoing throughout your tenure of service. To orientate us a little bit to who all is here, I'd like to recognize the heads of our institutions and then uh, ask them to uh, introduce themselves. And at that time, we will take a note of how many specific trustees are here from that individual institution. So let me call the institution by name and ask the CEO uh, at that time if he would stand and introduce uh, himself. And then if you're serving on that board, they'll also ask if you would stand so we can see exactly who all is here. From the Tennessee Baptist Foundation, uh, Earl Wilson or Bo uh, uh, Childs, are they here? All right. Uh, how many of you are serving on the foundation board? Would you just stand up, please? Anyone? Okay. Uh, Tennessee Baptist Adult Homes, Dr. Ford. Uh, Tennessee Baptist Children's Home, Dr. Gerald Stowe. Hospitals, East Tennessee Hospitals, East Tennessee Healthcare. Anyone? Delighted to have you this morning. All right, stand by. Delighted to have you folks with us this morning. Uh, Baptist Healthcare here. Excuse me, Gerald. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. All right, Middle Tennessee. Uh, Baptist Healthcare System in Nashville. Mr. Bird, representing the hospitals. And we'll, we'll make a note of sharing that with David uh, if he 
what's your name? Okay, go ahead. Uh, David Drummond, I think, is here representing our hospital in Memphis, our tripartite hospital. Thank you. Uh, as many of you may know, a hospital in Memphis, uh, board is composed of people from Tennessee, Mississippi, and Arkansas. And that arrangement has existed for a very long time, very compatible. We always have the privilege to elect a third of that board uh, uh, as we move to Memphis. Moving now to the educational institutions, Harrison Kilhouse. University, Dr. Crack. group of you, uh, I trust, our executive board nominees, would you stand, please? Those of you going on the executive board this year. All right. Thank you very, very much. <coughs> Let me run over just a few announcements here that uh, pertain to our activities. You have a defense form uh, in your packet of material fill that out. Uh, we pay 22 cents a mile round trip, and then our meals here today, the lunch and breaks are provided. <coughs> if you had uh, breakfast on the way, of course, you need to put that on there. Um, and then please fill these out in terms of res uh, excuse me, registration desk, and uh, we will mail you an expense check just as soon as we can. Now, those of you on the executive board that are Continuing on with an executive board orientation late this afternoon and tonight, uh, 
supper will be served here, so that meal will be taken care of here. And some of you are having to stay over another night, and that will be taken care of uh, the hotel. And uh, if you have any other expenses on the way home, remember, please put that on also. We do provide tapes of these sessions. They're available upon request. There's no cost. And if you would fill out the form for that, requesting them, we'll be delighted to get them uh, uh, to you. Now, if you would uh, allow me to just run briefly through the schedule, uh, let me note that uh, up to two years ago, this orientation took a uh, good part of two, two and a half days, and we can condense it down to try to take a very good use of your time and stewardship, and we feel like that the program that we have is very representative of what is needed in an orientation of this type. You'll notice that we begin just in a few moments on the subject trustees, privilege, and responsibility. And then after a break, we deal with our heritage. We eat lunch at 12.15. This afternoon, our convention attorney will present trustees on the law. And then from 2 to 3, trustees working within Baptist polity with Dr. Herbert Gabhart. And I'll be introducing the others as, as we go through the program. Uh, I mentioned a minute ago, and let me emphasize it, the executive board trustees were asking you to stay for a very intense time of orientation to the work of the executive board that will follow immediately after our adjournment. We probably will be out of here earlier than uh, 3.30 because usually the wrap-up doesn't take uh, as long as we've allotted here. Do you have any questions this morning before we begin our Okay, we're going to move right into it and try to move through the day as, as uh, taking good advantage of the time as possible. It's my privilege this morning to introduce a very good friend, a man who has been a very uh, close friend of mine for a number of years, Dr. Ralph McIntyre. Uh, I've said on several occasions that he was one of the first people to officially welcome me to Tennessee, at the Tennessee Baptist Convention. First year I was in Tennessee, he was the president. And I remember very well that handshake of saying, Welcome to Tennessee. He uh, was former pastor of Brainerd Baptist Church in Chattanooga, and then was director of the Bible teaching division for the Sunday School Board until his retirement. But aside from all of that, he would just as soon as I introduce him as granddaddy, because I've had the privilege of knowing two of his grandchildren, being their pastor for a number of years. It's my privilege this morning to present Dr. Ralph McIntyre as he comes to talk about trustees, privilege, and responsibility, personal privilege. Ralph, thank you for coming. Sure glad he mentioned those grandchildren. I would like for you to notice, please, very carefully, the subject that was assigned to me. If you'd look at your program, trustees, privilege and responsibility, a personal perspective. Now, I'm going to try to touch, James, on each of those things, but not in the order in which the title uh, is given. The uh, trustees, 
from both the secular business world and trustees from the aspect of Baptist life must both enter into the shaping of the kind of stewardship we exercise. Trustee is one who holds assets and who acts for the best interests of another person. In the SBC system of operation, God led our people in the beginnings of the formation of SBC life and through that means into our various state organizations to adopt the board principle for our institutions and our agencies. And that was in direct contrast to the existing form in some other places and hotly debated that ought to become the form even for SBC life that we know is the society method of the operation ownership of our various boards and agencies. If it is a board system, which we have, then the institutions are owned by the convention entity. If it is a board system, then the trustees are elected by the owners to see that the agency or the institution functions as it should and then report back to the ownership. If it is a society method of operation, then the individual institution or agency exists unto itself and does not necessarily report to any other authority. The board system is a good system. It has served Southern Baptists, and it has served Tennessee Baptists well. And we should know that, and we should ever be alert to that. Now, the last part of the title that James assigned me is a personal perspective, and I want to take that one first, if I might, to give you some idea or background from uh, which I draw some of the things that I would like to share with you. From a personal perspective, I have been a trustee at Baptist Memorial Hospital Memphis since 1959 with the off and on of the regular rotation times. I am in my 35th year of serving as a trustee there, and along with a good brother from Mississippi. Uh, as James has already said, the Baptist Hospital uh, was chartered and uh, is owned and operated by the three conventions, Memphis being located right at, the, uh, at that border point of uh, Tennessee and Mississippi and Arkansas. The three state Baptist conventions uh, each appoint, uh, elect, uh, send, nine trustees uh, to that particular board. And uh, 
one from Mississippi, and I came on at the same time, and we've had the privilege of seeing quite a number of changes take place from about a 500-bed hospital, which was huge in those days, to what it is today with quite a, quite a health system of uh, over 18 hospitals uh, plus the, uh, the, the wonderful flagship operation there. I also bring the perspective of having served as a trustee of the Baptist Sunday School Board for four years. And I began my service just as Dr. James Sullivan was uh, retiring. Uh, I had known him since I really was a boy because when I went to school here in Nashville, Dr. Sullivan was pastor at Belmont uh, Heights, and I was a member of that congregation, so he was my pastor and then had the privilege of knowing him as he served so effectively during the golden years at the Sunday School Board. And uh, then it was my privilege to serve as a trustee for four years there with him uh, until I was elected to become part of that administrative staff. I have had the privilege in Tennessee Baptist life of serving on the executive board of serving on the advisory committee, not the Board of Trustees for Carson Newman. And by the way, that's a, that's a good plan because it does enable uh, an institution or an agency to, uh, to bring some others uh, who are not uh, officially elected as trustees, at least to learn something about the workings of an institution. And uh, I was privileged to serve uh, on that uh, advisory board for for some period of time. The, uh, the old Tennessee Baptist Service Corporation, now most of you in this room are too young to remember that uh, particular agency. It was the granddaddy of our adult ministry work and the, the beginnings of some of those uh, uh, interesting early days of the uh, uh, beginnings of Deer Lake, our first project right here in Nashville's retirement situation, the design and the building of, uh, of the Belmont Plaza, and then on. So some of those uh, particular experiences. So I wanted to give you that particular perspective, my own personal perspective as to the function of a trustee. My own perspective came from a real wonderful mentor, and that was Dr. Frank S. Groner, who just passed away the last few months at 82 years of age. Dr. Frank Groner was a genius. He was a genius in hospital administration. He was a genius in how an organization ought to function. He was a genius in being able to tap alert, bright, coming young men and women and bringing them on the staff. But all of that genius was bathed in a marvelous, deep, strong Christian consciousness. 
and all the decisions that ever came from Dr. Frank Groner, the decisions that were constantly and thoroughly bathed in the Christian concept. You just can't beat that for the operation, particularly of a Baptist institution. I'm indebted to Dr. Groner. We were professional friends, but more than that, we were personal friends. And we shared many wonderful, wonderful times together. And it was Dr. Frank Groner that taught me early. I was, I was just 34 when I uh, went on that board. And uh, he taught me not so much by word, not so much by putting it in print and saying, read it, but he taught me as a young trustee, he taught me the difference between trusteeship and administration. There is a vast difference between being a trustee of an institution and being the administrator of an institution or agency. And I would have to show my bias at this point to say that a great many of the problems that occasionally surface in any one of our agencies and institutions usually can be traced back to the fact that individuals have not known the difference. I have known trustees who have come on a given board with a given agenda of their own, not really thinking about the completeness of the institution, but rather to pursue a personal single agenda. And where that has happened, it has always brought about some difficulty along the way. Well, what is the difference? The difference is that the trustee is charged with establishing, creating, putting into cement policy and determining the direction of the institution. While the administration has the responsibility of carrying out the day-to-day, -day, the hour-to-hour, -hour, the month-to-month -month operation of that institution. A trustee is to make policy along with other trustees. Now, you are a trustee of a given agency or institution because obviously you have something to contribute. But please remember that what you have to contribute is to the body of trustees, your own personal wishes, your own personal desires, your own personal wants, 
are not to be administered or put into effect by the administration. Only as the board itself meets, discusses, votes, and it is recorded, is the administration then to act. And it's always a danger time when individual trustees seek to get their own personal agenda accomplished in an institution or an agency without it being the board's action. The only authority for the administration to act in any agency or institution in SBC or TBC life is that which is duly voted and on record in the minutes of that institution. I think you all know that, but it's I think needs to be said. The administration are those folks elected by trustees to administer, to operate, and to run the institution. And in most of our agencies and institutions, we find that the system works well. There is an old saying, certainly wasn't original with my mother, but I heard it first, I recall from her, and heard it over the years from her, that good fences make good neighbors. Good fences make good neighbors. James mentioned about uh, two little granddaughters in Tullahoma. Uh, their mother and dad had just bought uh, 27 acres right out on the, on the very edge of town where uh, they can have their horses, five horses, six ducks, three dogs, two parakeets, and I think we've counted two cats. And one of their first priority projects in getting their, their new property out there was to put up fences so they could bring the horses where the horses had been boarded. Now, I learned from that about the importance of fences and the right kind of fences for the purpose in which it was to be done, to contain the horses and to make it possible to have access to the horses and so that all that goes on with that, with the girls learning to, to ride and, and all the rest, that it could be properly carried on. Without good fences, they couldn't have a good horse operation at that place. Now, good fences make good neighbors, and that is true as terms of trusteeship and administration. Does that mean that we live separate from each other, that we do not communicate with each other, that we each go our own way? Not at all. But it does mean that each of us understands our respective roles and that we seek to live and function and work in that respective role. So that's my personal perspective. Now I want to talk about the word privilege. It's been assigned you. To be elected by your peers in Baptist life to serve in any capacity is a 
scripture. Oh, I've known some who have accepted it as a right and who have politicked in order to have the privilege. But it is a privilege. I don't know what Currently, is the total number of trustees. I remember on our special study committee a couple of years ago, uh, Alden, what, what was the total number of trustees that, that we came up with all the individual trustees? 470. About 470. You represent a very small group, actually, in the totality of Tennessee Baptist life. It is a privilege. It's a privilege to be recognized and elected by your peers. And it's a privilege to get to know some very choice men and women. I occasionally like to take the exercise of, of uh, playing what if in my own life. Go back and uh, to think about, well, what if? What if, as a boy of 17, in the midst of the Second World War, what if the Navy had not sent me to Memphis, to old Millington, to go to NAATC and study electronics? If, you know, what if, 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 that, if the Navy had not sent me there, and then as a sailor boy, I would catch those buses that had been converted from automobile haulers uh, into Memphis where the good folks at Bellevue uh, really went out of their way to make, uh, make the sailor boys feel at home. And they adopted us. It was there that I got acquainted with, uh, with Dr. Lee. Then later returned twice to be on his staff. It, uh, what if life would have been so different for me? What if I had never been privileged to serve as a trustee of the Baptist Memorial Hospital in Memphis or the Baptist Sunday School Board or the Executive Board here? What if I can think of individual men and women who have enriched my life and my ministry that I would never have ever had the privilege of knowing. It was a privilege. It is a privilege. And you will have opportunity to meet some of God's choice people who come from diverse backgrounds of Baptist life and experience, but who together serving the Lord will contribute something very, very rich to your life. It's a privilege to get to know your, your fellow trustees. It's a privilege to get to know the members of the administration of the institution. Again, some of God's great choice people. It's a privilege to get to study in depth an institution. And if you do not study the institution of which you are a trustee, if you do not take the time to read the material, to do some in-depth study,
study about that agency or institution, you're going to rob yourself of something that's very wonderful, and you're going to rob the institution of the kind of trusteeship it really has a right to expect from you. When you get to study in depth an institution's history, one of the tragedies, I guess, of any aspect of life is that when people become involved in any kind of an organization, any kind of an outfit, business, or secular, or church, or institution, and will not take the time to find out, to discover what the roots are, and why the institution was started, and what the dreams were for from those who created the institution. Remember, there was a time that the board or the agency or the institution in which you serve as trustee, there was a time that institution didn't exist. And so what were the dreams for its beginning, its birthing, its founding? And it's worth your time to go back and to try to get into the history of the place and to find out some of the things that have gone on in the past. To discover very early on in your trusteeship the exact purpose for which your institution or agency or board exists. It does have a purpose. But if you meet from time to time and you never really know what its purpose is, then you're not going to be able to contribute much in terms of your service to the Tennessee Baptist Foundation uh, uh, Convention, which elected you to the responsibility, or to the institution itself. To the program assignment, every agency board of our Tennessee Baptist life has a program statement. That's so we won't go over and start plowing in another fellow's field. There again, good neighbors, good fences make good neighbors. And if you don't know your program statement for an institution, you'll be making policy decisions that affect other agencies or institutions without really knowing the harm that you're doing. Know your program statement. Know the assignment. Discover the assets of the institution or agency or board which you've been elected to serve. There are a lot of different kind of assets that an institution holds, and it bodes well if you will discover what they are. Discover early on what the potential is, what the possibilities are for that institution or for that agency or for that board, but also learn its limitations and early on learn the restrictions that have been applied by some official action of the past, be it state, be it legal, be it law, or be it the decisions that have been reached in prior sessions in Tennessee Baptist life. No, study its relationship 
with the TBC, with churches, with other agencies within the TBC, and with other like institutions across the state, across the Southern Baptist Convention, and in the nation and around the world. None of us exists in a vacuum. Your board, the board in which you serve and will serve, does not exist in a vacuum. It has relationships. And those relationships are vital to the successful operation of your board and of your agency. And you need to know what it is in the relationships that exist, what kind of relationships that ought to exist. And so under privilege, it is a privilege to be trusted, to be a trustee. A lot of folks have put their trust in you as a trustee and function as one who makes sound policy for the institution. Now, I want to focus on the word assigned to me of responsibility. You recognize that as I discuss the matter of privilege, I've also touched a bit on that. The responsibility to the convention that has elected us, we are to be under law, we're to be the prudent man. And to make those kind of decisions together as a board, and however that board functions, with its committee structures, uh, with its various types of trustee organization, we are responsible to act prudently because we hold in trust the institution for the Tennessee Baptist Convention. We have a responsibility also to the agency or the institution. You can serve as a trustee on your board or your committee or your agency. You can serve as a friend or you can serve in an adversary role. I have been both trustees and members, a member of several administrative staffs. And so I think that I do have a perspective of knowing the difference between how some trustees function, to function as a friend of the institution, or to function with their own agenda and nearly always in an adversarial role. As my old mentor, Dr. Robert G. Lee, used to say, there are some folks born in the objective case and the kickative mood who never get out of it. And there are some trustees that way. Now, by being a friend of the institution, and by being a friend of the administration, does that mean that you automatically become one who would rubber stamp whatever it is that the administration puts forth? Not at all.
but I do think that we have the responsibility to be the friend of the institution. To others out in the world, when they know that you are the trustee of any given institution or board, to them you represent that entire operation. And the very attitude that you have toward it and toward the administration will speak volumes to the world at large about the effectiveness of that particular board. We must not be single-issue people. Trustees can help or can hinder. They can assist to go forward our trustees can act as a brake to the agency or the institution. I mentioned it a moment ago. I think it needs to be repeated because it is a cardinal principle, I think, of good trusteeship that the institution and the administration cannot act on individual trustees' will or mandate or demand, but only as the board in session considers and then votes the direction in which any given matter needs to go. There's always trouble when trustees cross the line and begin to administer the institution. I have I have known some trustees who, coming on the hospital board, wanted to go on the floor and tell the nurses how to function. Because somewhere back in their personal history, when Grandma was in that place, some nurse didn't do her job. Now that I'm a trustee, I'm going to straighten that mess out. As a trustee, our relationship is to the chief executive officer. It is not to the vice president. It is not to the administrative staff. It is not to the secretarial staff. In an educational institution, your trustee relationship is not to the dean, and it is not to the professors. It is to the chief executive officer. And when you forget that, you're going to be walking in a minefield. The relationship that exists between trustees and the institution is at the point of the chief executive officer. And when that functions properly, then it is that if things need to be addressed that you see on into the organization, then it is that with right, sweet-spirited Christian communication and decision at the board level, then monitor it to see that the administrator functions 
on into the system. But when you try to tell the janitor what room needs to be cleaned up for next Tuesday's meeting, you've crossed the line. And when you try, as a trustee, to tell a professor how to teach or what to teach, you've crossed the line. Well, you say, don't we have a responsibility? Yes. But the responsibility is to deal with that one point of contact, and that is the chief executive officer of the institution. Now, the responsibility then is big, that as trustees, with probably the greatest opportunity to influence the life of an institution that any trustee ever has, that is when that time comes for the selection of a new president or a new CEO. Be absolutely certain then that as a trustee, you elect and put in place godly man or woman for that responsibility And then you deal with the institution through the president, through the CEO. Now, does that mean we're not supposed to get to know and like and have fellowship and drink coffee with and share any ideas that we might have with others on the administrative staff or with others within the organization? Not at all. We do not live in a vacuum. But remember, we're talking about good trusteeship and what happens in our lives and the way that we can influence an institution, and that influence must always be brought to bear through the CEO. I don't know that the presidents of our institutions would 100% agree with me on that, but anyway, out of 35 years of experience as a trustee, I've seen it work best in our institutions when it works that way. We're to be policy makers. Then, once you've elected a CEO, or you've come on the board and there is one in place, get to know him, get to know her, be their friend, and to see to it that they have the right stuff to work with. And chief, in that score, is a matter of personnel. That as they select their right and left-hand people. See that they have the right equipment needed for the particular institution. See that they have the financial strength to get the goals, the jobs accomplished. See that they have the right relationships established, not only in TBC life, but the right relationships established in the secular areas. We have a responsibility to encourage the administration. I believe that. How many pastors do we have? here this morning. Good many. Doesn't it always make you feel terrible when somebody comes up and really encourages you? You know you 
sermon wasn't so hot, but somebody comes up and says, oh, that spoke to me this morning. That was one. Thank you, Pastor. And sometimes on a Sunday night when the phone rings and things haven't gone too good that day and somebody calls up simply to say, uh, Pastor, we did have a good day today, regardless of what you may think. And just want you to know I'm praying for you. Bye. To be an encourager. It's a great thing. We have, as trustees, I think the responsibility to encourage the administration. And they have the responsibility to encourage on down in the ranks. We have a responsibility to learn how to disagree and to learn how to advise as Christian men and women. Christ's Spirit ought to control us. The same good, solid business sense that ought to prevail when the board of directors of the Third National Bank here in Nashville meet that kind of good, sound, solid business principle ought to prevail in the meeting of the trustees of Belmont University, but something beyond what happens in the boardroom at the Third National Bank. And that is that everything that is said and everything that is done ought to be couched and clothed and bathed bathed and baptized in a sweet Christian spirit. You don't have to agree with your fellow trustees, and you don't have to agree with everything the administration says or does or plans to do, but you do have a responsibility to be a decent Christian in the way that you handle your disagreements. One of the great sadnesses of Baptist life I suppose to some extent it's always been there. But in the last number of years, words used in trustee meetings to other trustees and to administration that probably members of secular boards would blush at. We have a responsibility to learn how to disagree and to advise as Christian men and women the Christian ethic should rule our every word, our every decision, our every disagreement. We have a responsibility to learn to study everything we can about our own institution. And if you're ignorant about your own institution, shame on you. James said at the very beginning, orientation will continue as long as you're a trustee and after. It will because we live in a changing and a dynamic world. Nothing is the same as it was at 7 o'clock this morning. We have a responsibility to help the institution relate to its other than Tennessee Baptist Convention publics. The accrediting agencies for educational institutions and for hospitals are vital to the health of that institution. And don't you for five seconds think as a trustee that you can discard or think it's no effect or no purpose at all to be subject to an accrediting agency. They function for a purpose. 
And if you weaken your institution or your agency or your school or your hospital by ignoring what accrediting agents require of an institution, you then will hurt and not help the institution where you have been elected to serve as a trustee. Accrediting agencies are important. Joint commissions are important. City, state, regional communities and the leadership in these communities where our institutions exist are important. And as a trustee, we need to help our institutions relate. But our responsibility above all else is to pray, is to pray for the agency, is to pray for the institution, is to pray for the administration by name, the staff, the people involved, that the ultimate purpose of that institution or agency or board or committee will be addressed and will be met. Trusteeship, my personal perspective, I'm humbled to think that God has let me serve. And I've been blessed. A privilege? You bet. It's been a great privilege. And the responsibility? It's awesome to be the kind of trustee that Jesus will smile upon and where we bless the institution and we further its aim. This is a happy personal moment for me, and that is I have served, as I said, as a trustee at Memphis Hospital for now in the 35th year, off and on, that my son, Pierce, who is my pastor, I was his pastor for so many years, he's now my pastor at the Brook Hollow Baptist Church and is beginning his trusteeship at the Baptist Hospital here in Nashville. And that's a rather happy link for me at this point in my life. Thank you. If you have any questions you'd like to address to uh, Dr. McIntyre before we break. Well, Ralph, you evidently covered it very, very adequately. Let's take a break for a few minutes and we'll reconvene.